0: Hi everyone, this is John Lawson from Asante Wealth Management and Sauna Family Office here with your 2020 Q3 Portfolio Investment Review. Canadian equities. They continue to recover from March lows, advancing by more than 4% in the quarter. The S&P TSX Composite Index is still down slightly year-to-date in 2020. The Canadian government announced Canadian Economic Recovery Benefit, CERB, will be phased out this fall in favor of Employment Insurance and a new Canadian Recovery Benefit for those who are not covered by EI. Although Canadian equities have almost recovered from March lows, gains came primarily from Shopify and Gold stocks. Without those names, the TSX Composite is down more than 11% in 2020. U.S. equities continued to lead the global market as the S&P 500 index made new highs during the summer and ended the quarter 9% higher in local currency terms. High-flying technology was the best performing sector once again despite a brief pullback in September. Energy was the only sector to deliver a negative return. In international equities, emerging markets generated strong returns in the quarter buoyed by synchronized global growth acceleration and a weaker U.S. dollar. U.K. equities fell during the quarter as concern over Brexit weighed. Japanese equities advanced despite the resignation of their Prime Minister, who had stepped down for health reasons. The anticipated second wave of COVID-19 arrived in September. European countries such as France, Poland, the Netherlands and Spain are experiencing severe resurgence in new cases. In fixed income, government bonds were mostly unchanged in the quarter. Credit continued to move higher on investor search for yield and improving economic data. The US Federal Reserve announced changes to its inflation targeting policy and projected that interest rates would remain low for at least three years to boost economic growth. Total credit issuance throughout the first nine months of the year has set a record. Companies across the rating spectrum have been tapping into debt markets to take advantage of favorable liquidity conditions and lower interest rates. Building blocks of performance. U.S. and emerging equities are now positive as of September 30th, 2020, despite sharp drawdowns, which demonstrates the importance of staying invested during market volatility. Equity valuations supported by low rates. One popular method for measuring the value of equities is called discounted cash flow analysis, whereby the future cash flows of a company are projected and then discounted by the company's cost of capital. Under this methodology, we would expect equity valuations to be higher when interest rates are lower, and vice versa. In particular, lower interest rates increase the value of longer term and faster growing future cash flows which would explain some of the outperformance of growth over value stocks. Equities are attractive on dividend earnings yields. To assess the attractiveness of equities relative to fixed income, we can compare the yields generated on each asset class. Currently, an investment in the S&P 500 index provides about 2% more income as measured by dividends than the U.S. 10-year treasuries the highest spread in favor of equities going back to 1970. We can also compare the earnings yields of equities, which is a popular comparison against fixed income yield because it takes into consideration all of the money that companies generate before deciding to return capital to the shareholders or reinvest it in organic growth. The earnings yield of the S&P 500 index is also providing a healthy premium over treasuries indicating that equities are attractive on a relative basis. In sector performance, so far this year, there has been a large divergence in sector performance with a spread of 73% between technology, which is plus 27.7% and energy, which is minus 45.3%. World markets entered positive territory in the third quarter but recovery has been led by technology, consumer discretionary and communication services while old economy sectors like energy, financials and real estate have lagged. Narrow leadership in equities. We can decompose the return of the S&P 500 index by separating out the performance of Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Alphabet, which is Google, and Microsoft. This is called FANG plus M. These are some of the largest names in the index and are perceived to have more potential to benefit from digital remote economy. When we strip out the performance of these companies, the S&P 500 index is still down slightly year to date. If you held just a portfolio of FANG plus M, proportional to their weights of the index, You would be up by almost 44% this year, despite a sharp sell-off in September. Market speculation. Example, Tesla. Interesting to compare the market capitalization of Tesla against all other publicly traded automobile manufacturers. Tesla is almost twice as large as the next largest auto manufacturer by value and during the summer was close to being worth as much as all of the other automakers combined. In 2019, Tesla sold 367,000 units, while the other manufacturers combined sold almost 47 million units, as per data from Bloomberg Finance LP. In our view, this is an example of overpaying uncertain future growth and is more speculation than investing market speculation Apple another example Apple is now valued at more than the entire Canadian stock market it took Apple 42 years to reach the value of 1 trillion and just two years to reach 2 trillion mark in this case Most of the increase in value has been driven by how much investors are willing to pay for a dollar of earnings or a higher valuation and not earnings growth factor performance. The growth factor continued to be the favorite in the third quarter and on a year to date basis. The spread between the best performing and worst performing factor is about 39% Once again, highlighting the importance of diversifying your investments on multiple levels. Value versus growth. The outperformance of growth versus value investing set a new record in the third quarter, surpassing the previous high set in the tech bubble. Importantly, the difference in this market cycle is that growth companies have viable business models and cash flows, and interest rates are much lower the average market capitalization of growth companies is now approximately double that of the average value company. So, recession or depression? We are doubtlessly in the midst of a global recession with GDP growth down between nine and 22% on a year-over-year basis in global developed economies. The question now is, whether governments and central banks have provided enough stimulus to support the global economy while balancing costs of a large deficit and money supply growth. A medical solution to the pandemic would also provide a windfall for global economic growth, but the timing of the development and distribution of a COVID-19 vaccine remains uncertain. Positive economic surprises set new records. This is me trying to simplify what can be confusing reaction to news. It is said that happiness is equal to reality minus expectations, and the same is true in investing. For example, a company that announces positive earnings growth at a rate that is less than consensus expectations could see its stock price fall. Similarly, a company that announces negative earnings growth but at a lower value than the stock market was pricing in could see an increase in share price. The U.S. Election Scenario Analysis Do prior elections give us clues about what to expect from the stock markets? We explore stock market performance following the past 23 elections going back to 1928. In our sample, Democrat and Republican victories were split at 12 and 11 respectively, while incumbent presidents won 9 times and new president was elected 14 times. We find that a Republican victory led to better results over the first few months. But Democrat presidents have had better performance over the entire term. Between incumbent and new presidents, there is no material difference in performance. The U.S. election brings heightened uncertainty. Policy uncertainty in the U.S. currently sits at an all-time high. The likely cause is the COVID-19 pandemic, but political polarization and the US presidential election is also likely to contribute to the heightened measure. There is also concern about the ability of a divided government to enact a new stimulus deal to support the economy. So what happens next? We highlight three scenarios for an economic recovery and our estimated likelihood of each. Our base case is for a long, slow recovery. In this scenario, we believe that inflation will be within the range expected by central banks and the economies and corporate earnings will improve consistently, albeit slowly, with a growth of five to 10%. We believe this is the scenario the market is currently pricing for. We believe there's a 30% chance of a weak recovery, likely triggered by hiccups in the economy reopening and COVID vaccine development. In this scenario, we would expect risk assets to fall, but we believe the downside would be limited. Finally, our lowest probability scenario is a rapid recovery, in which inflation would surprise to the upside, investors would rush to buy assets, leading to further price appreciation. Our portfolio positioning. We tactically position our portfolios based on short-term elements in the markets. At any given time, our positioning may change due to portfolio activity or changes in the value of our investments. During the quarter, equities and credit markets continue to rally. In the income portion, we are underweight government bonds but favour long duration bonds. We have reduced our hedge on the US dollar, believing the Bank of Canada will prefer a weaker loonie to boost exports. We hope we will see some semblance of returning to normal soon, but continue to prepare and monitor our portfolios for any challenges that arise. And that's a wrap for this quarter's review. Please, for your own knowledge, enjoyment, to keep our legal department employed and the regulators happy, please be sure to listen to or read the attached disclosures. As always, if you have any questions, please feel, scratch As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out by phone at 604-859-4125 or email at saunafamilyoffice at asante.com. If you would like to share this with friends or colleagues, you are more than welcome to do so. This is John Lawson saying, Asante, Sana. Here are the necessary disclosures. Asante Capital Management is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources, however no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the above, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed here are not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Wealth Wisdom Podcast.